You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 172 of Brewers on Tap. Lane Grindle with you as the Brewers season is now in the books. Finished the regular season at 89 and 73. A couple of games back of the St. Louis Cardinals in the NL Central. Won that wild card berth and then dropped a heartbreaker to the Nationals in D.C. just a little under a week ago to the Nationals who are still in the midst of that NLDS series with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Well, let's take a look at just a couple of quick numbers on this Brewers team. As we told you, 89-73, and 73, just missed 90 wins for the second consecutive season, but did clinch postseason for the second consecutive year, just the second time in organizational history that the Brewers were able to accomplish that. Here's some numbers for you with this Brewers team. There were some impressive individual performances this year. Christian Yelich, he's an MVP candidate again. 329 batting average. He wins the batting title for the second consecutive year in the National League. He ends up with 44 home runs and 97 RBIs, and he played in just 130 games this year. He had an OPS of 1,100 for Christian Yelich. Mike Moustakis, another big year for him. 35 home runs, an OPS of 845. He drove in 87 on the year. Yasmani Grandal had one of the best years of any catcher in baseball this season. 28 home runs, 77 driven in for Yasmani Grandal. And Eric Thames is a guy that very few people talked about and should have talked a lot more about, quite frankly, over the course of this season. He was a big reason why the Brewers were able to accomplish what they did. 25 home runs, 61 driven in for Eric Thames, an OPS of 851 on the year for Eric Thames. Ryan Braun had another solid season, 22 home runs for Ryan Braun. And, of course, the rookie season out of Keston Hira, a 938 OPS in just 84 games. He hit 19 home runs and drove in 49, and he hit 303 on the year. We can keep going through that list for you. The Brewers had some really good offensive performances, of course, on the mound. You had the big performance over the course of the season from Brandon Woodruff. The big return, of course, of Brent Suter into that bullpen and where he fits in next year is going to be a big, interesting conversation. Adrian Hauser was 6-7 and seven with a 3.72 ERA and 111 and a third innings this year. So there are some really encouraging signs for the Brewers moving forward with this team. Here's what we have for you on our final podcast of this season. We are going to talk to David Stearns, the president of baseball operations and the general manager of the Brewers, about the end of the season. And what we're going to do first is we're going to give you what we kind of consider our our top 10 plus one moments of 2019. Uh, These are basically a collection of the greatest calls from the year in the best moments or some of the funnest moments from this year's team. 
Uh, basically, it's going to go everywhere from Lorenzo Cain's game-saving catch against the Cardinals on day one to Yelich's three home runs against the Cardinals later in April to Eric Thames' home run against the Nationals in extra innings to the game-winning 4-3 putout by Corey Spangenberg in Cincinnati to put the Brewers back in the postseason. Let's listen into it. 1-0, swinging, fly ball, right center, on the warning track, at the wall, leaping and caught by Lorenzo Kane, And this one is over. Oh, baby! Lorenzo Kane up against the wall in deepest right center. telling you, it was on top of the wall if he doesn't make that catch. It would have hit and probably bounced over. But he jumped at that line. You know where that line is on the outfield wall that runs foul pole to foul pole. That's where his glove was when he pulled that one down to end this game. What a finish! Two old delivery, here it is. Yelich lines a base hit to left in the gap. It's going to the wall. They're going to score the winning run. Here comes Lorenzo Kane. He's in there. And the Brewers have beaten St. Louis. Do you believe that one? Holy folks! Christian Yelich hit a rocket to the gap in left center. It got all the way to the wall, and Eddie Cedars sent them both. And the Brewers have come from behind to beat the St. Louis Cardinals with a two-run ninth inning. And Christian Yelich does it again. Listen to this. The stretch now, the pitch. Here it is. Yannick sends it to right and deep. Way back. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Yannick. He did it again. Ask and you shall receive. The stretch. And the pitch to him. Swing and a smash to left center and deep. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Yelich. And they add three more on a two-out, three-run shot by Christian Yelich. Well, for some of us, it's a pretty good year. Swing and a drive to left center and deep. No, not again. Get up. Get up. Just hit another one. Oh, man. What a week it is. In one night, Christian Yelich just hit his third home run in this game. And it's now 10 6. 
Brewers. Oh, man, what a night. Two-one pitch. Line drive, base hit off of Alonzo. Thames is in. Here comes Grandal. The throw, not in time. Ryan Braun on his sixth hit of the night wins it for the crew in 18. You stayed for one and you got a pair of games. The longest innings-wise in Miller Park history. And Ryan Braun delivered with his sixth hit of the game. Three walks, Thames, Grandal, and Shaw, and then Braun just hammered one past Pete Alonso at first. And the Brewers come back and win it in the bottom of the 18th inning. 1-0. Fly ball, deep left field. Back, Newman, and we are tied. Keston Hira, a two-run blast, and it's 10-10. Fly ball, deep left center field. This is hit a ton, headed towards the Brewers' bullpen. Gone! Orlando Arcia has done it for a second time tonight. He has given the Brewers the lead 12 to 10. Perez brings home the pitch. Moustakis, a drive, deep right center, way gone! Off the LED signage in the second deck. Moustakis with number 21, and the Brewers have the lead. It's 5-3. Do a little to stretch and pitch. High fly to left, drifting back. Soto at the warning track, at the wall, it's gone! Christian Yelich, number 40. It's a two-run ball game, it's 11-9. And for Christian Yelich, he is now the seventh player in franchise history with 40 home runs in a single season. Two and one on Moustakis, Braun on deck here at second, a run in. Doolittle throws. Swing and a high fly. Back Robles at the track. It is gone! We're tied in the ninth. 11-11. On a laser hit by Mike Moustakis. Braun two for four today. The pitch. High drive. Deep left. Brewers have taken the lead. It's 12-11 on Braun's second of the night. Holy cow. His 18th of the season. Just as we were applauding the Brewers for not scoring runs via the home run, they're doing it here in the ninth inning. It's their third against Doolittle. Here it comes set. Here's the one-two to Thames. Hit in the air, deep right center field. Going back is Eaton. He looks up. Bye-bye baseball. Eric Thames goes deep 
And the Brewers back on top. It's 15 to 13. He's ready to work. And the pitch. Yelich drives it to left in the corner. This is going to get off the wall. Here comes Tyler Austin around third. He's going to score. And Christian Yelich does it again. And he's going to be mobbed out at second base. Everybody's chasing him. He hit it to the left field corner. Kinsler went down and away on him. He went right away. come from behind and they beat the Cubs final here in the ninth. 3-2 Milwaukee. Christian Yelich with an unbelievable night again here. Wow. 2-0 on Moose. The pitch. Swing and a high towering drive to right. Moustakis has hit it out. That got out in the blink of an eye. For Moustakas, his 32nd, and the Brewers are right back out in front. It's 4-2. Mike Moustakas, the 2-1. Swing and a high drive. Deep right. How about two on your birthday, Moose? A two-run shot for Mike Moustakas. And the Brewers have a 7-5 lead. On the 33rd home run of the season by Moustakas. Fernandez ready to work. Three balls, two strikes, two outs. Pitch to Braun. High drive. Deep left center field. Bader is back. Braun, a grand slam. And the Brewers have taken the lead in the ninth on a Ryan Braun slam. Holy cow, what a shot by Braun. Flash the double deuces, Brawny. His 20th of the season. And the Brewers have a three-run lead and an absolute blast to straightaway center field, a hanging slider from Junior Fernandez, and the air has been sucked out of Bush Stadium. Junior Guerra deals again. Bouncer hit right side, and there's Fangenberg, and this one is over. And the crew gonna celebrate here in Cincinnati. They're going to the postseason. Here's where the most injuries occur during the post-game celebrations. And they're doing that now out at second base. Here comes the bullpen to join the celebration. And the Brewers are going to the postseason again for sure. And we will play again tomorrow, but for tonight, it's celebration time. All right, that's a listen back on the 2019 season as narrated by Mr. Baseball, Bob Euchre, Jeff Levering, and myself in there also. Let's sit down now with the architect of the Brewers, David Stearns. Let's break it down. 
Brewers on Tap continues as we wrap up the season for 2019, and we're joined by Brewers President of Baseball Operations and General Manager David Stearns. And David, I had a chance to talk to you right before the season ended about all the incredible things that this team accomplished, despite the adversity they had to go through. A lot of injuries, of couple of cases of underperformance from guys that had big years a season ago, and. It, it hurts that the season ended the way that it did, but when you look back on this season, I think there's going to be some satisfaction in the fact that this team kept its head above water through all of that and then made that impressive run in September to get where you did. There is satisfaction in that, and, and I think we're all proud of that. Um, it's not easy to make the playoffs in, in, in this league. We, we know that. Um, it, it's really tough to do, um, even tougher to do in, in one of the smaller markets um, in baseball, and so we're proud of that accomplishment. We're, we're very disappointed that it ended as quickly as it did. Uh, we're certainly disappointed uh, about the manner in which it ended in, in a really tough way in the eighth inning on Tuesday night. Um, but, but we're proud of, of the overall accomplishment um, and, and really energized to keep this going and, and keep this run of, of, of playoff quality baseball going. This will be an interesting offseason from the standpoint that you'll have decisions to make on a lot of guys you have some options you'll have tender decisions as well if you can take us through what that timeline looks like for for baseball fans that maybe aren't as familiar with how this process works now kind of leading up to winter meetings what's going to be on your schedule and your agenda so to speak and what you're going to have to prioritize one of the great things about the the baseball calendar is that there's a a pattern and a pace to it and so there are various decision points throughout the off season and, and we have to make sure we're prepared for each and every one of those decision points. And so the, the first real decision point comes shortly after the conclusion of the World Series in early November when we have to determine um, option decisions on players who, who we have contractual options on for, for next year. Um, players like Eric Thames, Chase Anderson, uh, Manny Pena. Um, and we, we can determine whether we want to bring those players back at a set price um, or let them go and become free agents. Uh, as we go a little bit farther in, into the offseason, as we get closer to December, we have uh, decisions to make about whether to tender our arbitration-eligible players. Um, those are players who are a little bit farther along in their careers, who we still have club control over, but are now reaching escalating salary levels. And then as we go farther into the offseason is when the free agent activity generally picks up. That's at the winter meetings in December. Um, and more and more, it seems to happen in, in January and sometimes even February. So there's a pacing to the offseason. There, there, um, there are different points where you get to interact a lot with other clubs, whether it's the general manager's meetings in November, the winter meetings in, in mid-December. Um, and we just have to make sure we're prepared for each and every one of those spots. David, when you look at mutual options, they're almost never exercised by both parties. They're really, really challenging to get both parties to exercise something like that. And sometimes it's done more as an accounting thing to defer some, some money maybe to a future year. Can you think of many situations where mutual options have been exercised by both parties? Um, I actually cannot. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. Most of the time, mutual options are, are, are put in place um, more for accounting uh, reasons than for anything else. Sometimes they can provide a nice starting point for an ongoing negotiation. Uh, but for the most part, I, I think it, it's, it's generally a way to spread out some money um, over the course of a couple of years and, and make sure that the total compensation uh, meets a player's goal. Um, so it, it's, it's generally used for that purpose. In, in our case, we've got two mutual options um, on, on Mike Moustakis and, and Yasmani Grandal. 
uh, would seem unlikely to me yeah. um, that both parties would would uh, would would uh, would enact the option um, uh, in either of those cases. But um, we'll keep in touch with both those guys. Clearly, they were really uh, important parts of our team and um, and really good brewers. From a starting pitching standpoint, outside these walls, people always talk about the Brewers and starting pitching. And maybe part of that conversation that I think gets lost is that without the depth of starting pitching that you had last year and this year, you wouldn't have got to the places that you got to. Um, Yes, Corbin Burns had a tough year. Freddie Peralta maybe didn't fit in the rotation as the season went along. But Adrian Hauser ended up being a big contributor to you down the stretch. And that kind of speaks to that that volume of arms, the, the, the volume of arms that you have, not just at the big league level, but if you look at your system, you have it all the way throughout your system as well. Do you feel any different today about what the rotation potentially could look like in 2020 than you did a year ago at this time? Well, I think we, we've, we've learned a lot about um, a number of different players. We've seen Brandon Woodruff yeah. take a massive step forward in his development. I think we saw Adrian Hauser take a really big step forward in his development this year. Um, we saw Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta struggle at times in the rotation this year. And so we're, we're going to factor all of that as we go forward and, and look at our 2020 team. Um, I think we also have to recognize that, that development pass for players isn't always linear. And just because a guy had a, a rough year um, last year doesn't mean he's, he's going to have a rough year going forward. And the opposite is true as well, just because um, someone had a, a really strong year doesn't guarantee him to build off of that uh, in the coming year. So um, I, I think um, we'll make sure that we continue to have that level of depth. It's proven very important for us over the last couple of years. It's something that we believe in um, from a foundational principle perspective of roster building, and, uh, and we're going to continue to focus on it. Okay, thank you to David Stearns for giving us the time, and he'll be a busy man over the next couple of months. A lot of decisions to make on options, tender, non-tender, Of course, the winter meetings will be coming up in December as well, so plenty on the table for David Stearns. I want to thank you for listening all season long to Brewers on Tap. It has been a pleasure to bring you yet another year of this great podcast. Hopefully next year the Brewers will be able to make it three postseason appearances in a row. This team will have a great chance with the court coming back again in 2020. Have a great offseason, everybody. We'll check in on you. From time to time, we won't be complete strangers. Until that time, I'm Link Miller.